0: We're just, we're giving ourselves a little bit of credit. Yeah, so much credit. We do remember how to pour shots, don't we?
1: Credit where credit is due on the, pressing the record button and shots. Here we go, boys. (laughs) Bypass the pop filter for that one. Morning, welcome to Don't Feed the Artist. I'm Hagen.
2: I'm Dave. I'm Adam. I'm Jackson. Welcome back to the show. I for one sure am glad to see 2020 that in 2021, all the concert security uh, who have uh, been furloughed due to the pandemic found a new job in the Capitol Police. Uh, they <laughs> let people slam dance in the rotunda of the Capitol like they let you stave jo- dive at a Devil Wears Prada concert. <laughs> it's great to see y'all found some work. Uh, really happy to hear that. Anywho, how's everyone doing? I just, that's a
1: really great image I have now of just, like, thinking of, like, memories in the mosh pit and looking at the security just their arms crossed, like, I'm not doing anything about this, (laughs) but at the (laughs) Capitol building. I'm
2: great. At the House of Blues in uh, Dallas, I I don't know if this is all House of Blues, I've only been to a a couple outside of Dallas, Uh, but they have a big sign that says, no moshing, and I've never been to a show at the House of Blues that does not have mosh hanks. Yeah, so. it's
1: it's right next to the stage on the left side. So it's like if you look the sh- anywhere at the stage, you're going to see it. Or especially if you're on the left side of the stage, you're going to see it. And it's like, well, no one, everyone breaks. I remember the first time I went in there in high school, I was like a nervous kid. And I was like, um, am I going to get in trouble if I mosh? Am I going to get sent home? What's going to happen? I moshed anyway. It was
2: great. <laughs> so Dave, how are you doing? Man, I'm okay.
3: Uh, you know, the vaccine is on the horizon. Um people are getting vaccinated, people are being dumber. Uh way less careful. I got that's, upset that's a good with the description a, of it. I got quite upset with an uh, older woman at uh, getting groceries the other day. And I won't go into the full details. I'll tell you guys when we're not on air. Uh but Yeah, um, so my tempers are short at some points, and I feel really happy to be away from 2020, which I think is stupid when people are like, 2020 sucked, but 2020 did suck.
2: It's completely dumb. This whole mind—I get the idea of a mental uh, reset, like that is valuable. But this whole idea that oh, twenty twenty-one or twenty twenty is behind us. We're into a new year. All we did was take the dumpster fire of twenty twenty and throw it in the trash of twenty twenty-one. And guess what? It's a bigger trash can.
0: It's still on fire. It's yeah. <laughs> Oh
3: yeah, yeah. P- some people just poured gas on it recently. Luckily, the twentieth of this month will be. The end of an era. And yeah, the, well, the we'll see about new. that. But
2: um, before, before we get into that, <laughs> before we get into that, uh, d- does anybody have any New Year's resolutions? Any of y'all do that? I, for one, I typically am pretty against that kind of stuff, like, oh, weight loss and stuff. Like, good for you if you do that, but it just never works for me. Uh, so for this year, I've decided I'm getting into spicy food. And I, I even texted Dave on Christmas Day. Uh, I bought my brother for Christmas, uh, all of the season 13 of uh, hot ones, all the hot sauces, and we took toothpicks and tasted each one and uh, confirmed my long suspicion that the last uh, sauce is nerfed and the one right before it is the spiciest one, and it confirmed it, and uh, that de Bomb sauce is uh, fucked up. So uh, that's my New Year's resolution. What about you guys? Hagen, you got one? Do you even care about that stuff? About New Year's resolutions? Uh, you know... A- yeah look at that crack that duck <laughs> pepper open.
1: you know uh, I I agree with the concept of good for you if this you know if those sorts of things work for you um, but no, I don't really have any New year's resolutions uh, I mean I'm just gonna I, I think I want to just work harder every year it doesn't really change. I, I was a buzzkill on New Year's Eve, and I was just like, "Up oh, 2021, everything's better now, right? It's all changed. Everything's different <laughs> because a year makes a difference. The, the the number changed,
2: and suddenly we're all better now. I'm, I'm a buzzkill about that sort of shit. Did y'all wait before anybody else answers any New Year's resolutions um, in Dallas? Uh, I knew, I, I mean, I was already watching the clock, but I knew midnight had struck whenever it uh, for ten solid minutes, fireworks were going off. It sounded like a small war zone outside of my house. Was it like that in Denton? No, not that I heard. Not, I don't think I heard any
3: fireworks.
1: No, we uh, we we just kept the office running and did an escape room, like a, a puzzle escape <laughs> That's room. Fair. That's all we did.
3: Yeah, Hagen and I and our fiancés hung out. We all got tested and like made sure we were safe. And it was yeah, just like he said, it was a bit of a buzzkill. <laughs>
0: I mean that's kind of that's kind of fitting for 2020 yeah. for the year we had to end that way. So, Adam, what did you make any resolutions? No, I I never have really gotten to that either. So we're just all telling you none of us do that. But if it works for you, that's good. I think I have a yeah. loose one. I want I want to take more pictures with my fiance. That's a good one.
3: It's that's easy. an
2: achievable one. Yeah. Yeah. And you won't regret that at all, and you won't feel bad for it. If yeah, I don't know. I'm going to stop. So back into politics. Uh, it, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's everybody's what,
0: favorite politics yeah, podcast. Yeah, that's what
1: you're all here. Don't feed the You're artists. all here to hear us talk about politics. Let's go, <laughs>
2: baby. Well, it, part of me was like, man, like we're not going to talk about that on the show. And then, of course, the very mm. next day, I was like, well, how did this rear its ugly head back to music? But um, as many lo-fi and uh, indie heads found out, Ariel Pink was at the White House rally on January 6th, which is just weird. But then when I looked it up afterwards, I mean, I've listened to his music a handful of times. Uh, I'm not like a huge fan. I didn't dislike it, but uh, I didn't know much about him. So I did a little bit uh, digging on him and I was like, okay, I guess there was some signaling of this, but not much. But uh, he did state that he did not storm the Capitol, but was in dc to quote unquote show his support for trump and according to him he went to the white house um apparently there was the rally at the white house before everyone moved over to the capitol and he was at the white house uh rally and he said afterwards he went back to his hotel to take a nap um but if you guys are worried that he didn't uh suffer any consequences from this um he has subsequently been dropped from his label, Mexican Summer. So uh, I'm all for that move. I mean, you don't have to keep people on your label. I mean, especially when you disagree with them fundamentally.
3: One of the guitar players from Ice to Earth was also at the rally too.
2: <laughs> I did see that. <laughs> um, and then the only other way I can pull this back to music oh, was that uh, Britney Spears' ex-husband... Was there too, and I know you're thinking like, oh, Kevin Federline. No, the one that she was married to for 55 hours was there. I thought that was Kevin Federline. No, no, no. They were married for no, longer. uh Jason Alexander was his name. Is his name? Wait, isn't that the same name? Isn't that the same name as
3: the
0: guy from Seinfeld? That that's what I thought when I first had saw that uh that
3: headline. Imagine Britney Spears being married to George Costanza. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Man, somebody at a work meeting this week said, and like Kramer, I'm out. And he said something, like the way he said, he said, and like Kramer says, and I was like, oh my God, he's about to say the racist thing. (laughs) I like, my heart skipped. I was like, oh my God, he's going to say it. (laughs) So uh, do you guys think I can make this about politics uh, without completely separate news article? You guys think I could do it? I think, yeah, one one or... I think, uh, yeah, you got it. Go for it. it. All right. So uh, everyone knows Donald Trump is supposedly on his way out. We'll see if that actually happens. Um, But typically when a president is out, they do a whole list of pardons. Every president does it. It's not just Donald Trump. It's everyone. Obama did it. Everyone in the history of ever has done it. Who is president? Yada, yada.
0: And real quick, I'd like to say it's not always for things that make any sense either. Bill Clinton pardoned his brother just in case he had done any crimes. Just in case, exactly. So they're ne- they've never been super meaningful. That's not suspicious at all, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> he didn't do anything,
3: but uh, you know we're going to pardon him. But
1: but what if he did? Yeah, it's suspicious if you want to make it suspicious. You
2: can make any of that shit look sketchy, right? It's all right. <laughs> well, here's what I love to see, and I'm I'm not quite sure how he got to this point, but Little Wayne. And Kodak Black are reportedly on Donald Trump's potential shortlist of uh, pardons. So if you don't know Little Wayne, um, I don't think he was arrested, but he did plead or admit to having uh, uh, possession of a gun, and he is technically a convicted felon. Yeah, little. Something like that.
3: Oh, yeah. What's that uh, interrogation video? (laughs) It's brutal. I think that's Lil Wayne being interrogated. Lil Wayne spent... It's it's brutal.
1: Lil Wayne spent a good amount of time in prison, if I remember correctly. Uh, I'm I'm trying to go back to my high school, middle school days when I was into Lil Wayne, and I think he spent a good amount of time in prison.
2: Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it looks like he spent eight months in prison, more than a decade ago after a weapons conviction in New York. So, he is currently awaiting, uh, I believe, his hearing on exactly what's going to happen with that. And then also, Kodak Black has been in uh, jail since November 2019 and was sentenced uh, to more than three years in federal prison after pleading guilty to a weapons charge stemming from his arrest just before a scheduled concert performance in May of the same year. So... I'm not quite sure what this is. I guess it's a, you know, an appeal to youth voters or that uh I remember when Kim Kardashian uh came to the White House and was trying to get him to pardon people. Uh but I mean, it's a bit too late for that.
3: Yeah. It I I think he should pardon uh
0: Edward Snowden personally.
2: Yeah, he's not going to do that.
0: That's one of those cases where it would be a good use of the power of pardoning someone yeah and so that's not gonna happen automatically so <sighs> get that fucking guy
2: out yeah i think that's the last political one I, di- I didn't expect to talk too much about those uh the rest of my news topics are uh not political so here i'll rear back into a, uh, a what i see as a super positive uh, uh piece of news is that Lil Nas X's uh, "Old Town Road." I've never said uh, his name out loud. I don't think so. That was a, a bit difficult for me. And um, what his "Old Town" his song "Old Town Road" uh, has been certified fourteen times platinum by the RIAA. Which, by the way, fourteen times platinum means that he moved fourteen million equivalent song units, which is the highest ranking that has ever been awarded a song prior to that uh despacito had 13 times platinum and then also all of me by john legend so he is now old town road is the highest rated uh song by the riaa that song was so popular unbelievably popular it's also like super short too, which I didn't realize when I first listened to it. I was like, "Oh, this must be the wrong version," and it's like two and a half minutes, which I was shocked to find.
3: Well, you might have been wrong about that because there's like six versions of it too. Yeah, I wonder if they count That's... for the RIA uh, certification. Certification, what the
1: hell just happened? I think they do because um, it was. I remember looking. At the Spotify top lists, like whenever it was, it, it didn't leave the top like at ten and top. It stayed at number one for a really long time in Spotify, at least because of the remixes that kept coming out, and that counted, I, if I remember correctly.
2: Well, according to Billboard, the the remix featuring Bill, Billy Ray Cyrus has become the highest certified song. Yeah. The way I read that is they're specifically talking about that one, but yeah, hmm. I think regardless, I mean it's a great song to have done it. I, it you know, shifted a bunch of boundaries for a lot of types of artists. And it's awesome to see that uh, genre uh, blending experience uh, be so popular and uh, shout out to you. This still to me, uh, the only thing I would say about it is, I mean, I don't know how transparent they are with this now. But what does fourteen million units mean? Does that mean streams? Because there's no way. And how does that work?
3: Yeah, who knows? Uh, but you know, obviously, he didn't sell fourteen million copies of it. Uh, maybe it's per per certain million streams counts as a. <laughs> uh, it
2: has to because I, I what? How many uh, millions of times has that song been streamed? Like, I wouldn't be shocked to hear like, oh, it's in the billions.
1: Yeah, you said you said fourteen million song units, right? Is that what you said? So I'd ima-
2: equivalent song units is the terminology they use at RIAA. Yeah,
1: so I would I would imagine that just like uh you know, if it gets x amount of streams, that's a unit,
2: right? And so so yeah, yeah,
0: I just found it actually it's 100 streams there you go. is one unit.
2: Man, anyone want to do that math for me?
0: <laughs> and it was it was oh, oh sorry, it was updated in 2016 to 150 streams. So this is going to be confusing for forever basically.
2: How does that work for stuff like, you know, a Fleetwood Mac rumors? Do they, I mean, you're obviously still keeping track of the actual physical units. One unit equals one unit. Right. It's just, man, that gets so convoluted. They have to have this like master spreadsheet or something. It's just like, fuck that. Like, you're, are you always having to go back and say, you know, okay, well, we're, fuck that. This is... I would hate to do this.
1: <laughs> I mean, I mean I I bet a computer does most of it. So, uh it probably isn't too too difficult for them, but uh, you know, it, it is it is a lot to keep track of, uh especially I mean you bring up Fleetwood Mac. I mean, Dreams was another hit. Like it was a hit again this year. I mean, or last year. It was it was yeah. a it was a fucking banger all over again.
3: That's I also true. I feel like I see more people drinking cranberry juice now because since that video.
2: Yeah, fuck. Can y'all explain the video to me? I know that it was a TikTok thing, but I don't know what actually happened in it.
3: Uh, it was this it was this guy skateboarding down a highway, like an off ramp looking road, on a longboard with, uh, with a with a liter of Ocean Spray cranberry juice, and he he was just like, t- it's a really cool video. He's totally vibing out to the song, but he's uh, he just doesn't look like the type of guy you'd see longboarding down the road,
1: listening to and dreams, listening to,
3: listening yeah. to dreams, yeah. And so then it just took off and people were saying like this is the vibe I'm trying to get in my life, you know. It the meme culture took it over. If
1: you're going to if if you're going to like really like break down 2020 and you know, say 2020 was a really bad year, what really what like a positive thing in 2020 was a guy skateboarding down a highway listening to dreams drinking cranberry juice. That was a positive. I'm not saying it's a bad video. I'm just saying that's the positive energy that we needed. And it wasn't a whole lot. It was just basic. It's like look, look at that enjoyment. Look at that enjoyment from this guy. Uh, and then, and then it, you know, it, yeah, like you said, meme culture. But then everybody like picked, like, like picked him up and like, like I think someone bought him a house. Like people bought him a car. It, it, yeah, because he was living
3: in a trailer. Ocean Spray yeah. gave him a truck. That's and right. They that's filled right. the flatbed of the truck with uh, Ocean Spray, and then what a fucking yeah, prank, think, bro. <laughs> he, yeah, he was in a commercial with Snoop Dogg. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, the the drummer for Fleetwood Mac. Uh, recreated the video.
1: Yeah, he made a TikTok just to recreate the video.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Are you referring to Mick Fleetwood? Yes. Um, I, I like how everybody's just uh, trying to get achieve the status of vibing down the highway off ramp uh, on their, their penny board, their long board to ocean spray. But I can speak for this podcast uh, confidently that I think what we're really all just, you know, vying for is, you know, Twisted tea in a convenience store. Would you guys agree? Oh, yes. Yeah.
3: That's yeah. That's what I that's the mood I want.
2: <laughs> I can't find that video. What's that convenience store thing? What? What without do you mean? no 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 wait wait. Without it being like ending with like Cotton Eye Joe or some shit like that. Um, I can't yeah. find it like a non mean video. Which, you know, I guess that's better. I don't know why I'm searching for an unedited violent video.
0: That's just the internet for you. They just take it over. It's not
2: even the
1: violence that's like the worst part of that video. The the like the worst part of that no. video is that that guy deserved to have, that guy really deserved
2: to get hit in the face. That's the worst <laughs> part totally of that did. video. totally <laughs> Well, if we're talking about somebody who uh, has uh, messed with their face a bunch, have yeah. you guys seen The Weekends' face? Oh yeah. <laughs> It's a really funny sentence. It's just a really funny <laughs> sentence <you>. to hear. <laughs> yeah, so if uh, for people who don't know, The Weeknd has been doing like this, uh, I guess on this album cycle, he's doing really well right now. He's been getting a lot of news about him. He's playing at the Super Bowl this year. He's the halftime performer. And he's just getting so much press lately, which is nothing but good for him. Because um, I'm sure there's a lot of people who are now aware of him because of the antics and then also just like, Super Bowl, but what this started off as and I don't know the videos and the songs that are tied to this, so I'm sorry for any uh weekend fans but it started off in one music video it basically looked like he kind of was like bloodied and bruised like black eye kind of thing
3: and I think he did some I think he did some press with all the you know bandages and stuff on his face
2: well so that's the next thing that happened is so in one video, he has, you know, kind of a beaten face, like actually like blood and bruises. And then the next video he released, he had bandages on. And then he shows up, I can't remember which uh, award show it was, but he actually showed up and uh, was wearing completely bandaged up face, like he looked like a mummy, basically. And uh, people were like, holy shit, what's up with the weekend's face? And you know it kind of became more clear oh this is part of a you know overarching narrative he's trying to do that like he it's just not completed yet so we don't really know what's happening and then he released a, I think after that is when he released a, this music video without the bandages and his he basically like full plastic surgery looks like a ken doll it's like it's crazy and it, it's obvious that it's uh like the weekend before this was a very attractive guy. So like, this is very obviously just uh, he's playing up. It, it, it's obviously a message type thing. It's not real. And even like right now, he uh, he had, there have started to come out um, these uh, little promo reels for uh, the Super Bowl, and it's got his real face. So it's not real, but. For a moment, I think for a solid two or three days, people were freaked out because he releases this music video where he looks like that, and then he also was posting on I think it was Instagram uh, pictures like him sitting around at his house wearing that makeup, like it's all prosthetics. So, I mean, it's just super cool. It's it, it's a very kind of like Bowie esque thing where it's like it seems like he's completely in character right now.
3: Like he or or that he accidentally Mickey rocked himself.
2: exactly that's exactly what it looks like
0: he's been doing this for a while because i remember he did a performance on colbert show before the pandemic actually so like this time last year and had the bloodied face and everything and people were really confused about what was going on and attributing it to like oh he got in a fight right before he went out and you're like no it's a tv show that he's supposed to look like that so it's kind of cool and interesting to see him continue that and like evolve it as the album's been out you know, I, I sometimes have a, a take issue with publicity stunts like that when you can't, when it gets
3: to the to the point where the antics outshine the music. Because I couldn't tell you, ironically, the only song I know by The Weeknd is "I Can't Feel My Face," which I'm willing is willing to bet is the first thing he said when he got all those prosthetics put on. Um, yeah. I yeah I couldn't tell you his newest single or any of his last songs, but I can tell you what he's up to in the in the public eye. Do you guys think that that's like I? Do you guys take issue with that too? Gimmicks taking over the music. Don't take
2: issue with it. I, I I would say that you know it's a shame, but it, it definitely has me talking about him. And I would say I am closer than ever to listening to The Weekends' music right now because of it. So I mean, it's working on some extent. Unfortunately, it's not working to its full extent for me.
3: Right. Yeah. Plus, it's only Tuesday. So.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I think I think like some of that stuff. Can be cool and can work, but I, I there's something about the weekend where I've, I've i I've kind of never been like a huge fan of the stuff that he does. Uh, I mean, just like we talked about it, in, however, like last month or whatever, when he was all pissed about the the Grammy nominations, it's, it's like, yeah. dude, go fuck yourself. Like I I have no time for your bullshit. But. This whole thing does tie to the fact that there is, like, insane theories about his work, not only, like, not only with the facial stuff, but it all ties together, and there is, like, an insane conspiracy theory from Weekend fans that he sold his soul to the devil for fame, and this is stuff that he has to do to, like, pay back... Uh, and then, but then if you want to tie it into the music, there's parts of the music that imply that this is all a story of him selling his soul to the devil. And like the, the payout is coming soon. Like, like he has to pay back, quote unquote, pay back to the devil soon. Stuff like that. It's, it's like, if it is part of like an arc that he's written, that's really interesting. Um, if, if it's just a crazy ass coincidence that people have found connections to, I I mean, sounds like people.
3: Yeah. I mean, there have been lesser, uh, instances of people like fans trying to dig up evidence and talk about oh they must have sold their soul to the devil i'm sure people said that about alice cooper and marilyn manson and even kesha
2: (laughs) right right (laughs) yeah what's uh really cool about this i mean if anything can be cool about this is that you know as Adam was saying, this is a pre-lockdown thing, and then now it's even, it's going on into lockdown. Maybe it's prolonged because of delays on releasing music videos and whatnot and performances, but what's cool about that is, you know, I I, I don't know if he's the type of person who gets picked up by paparazzi and stuff like that, and there's just, like, you know, you know every uh, movement of the weekend, but, like, I'm guessing he's in lockdown just like the rest of the world, so... He's able to hide behind this mystique way better right now, way easier right now, which is really cool to see that kind of work in his favor. It's just one of those very few silver linings of, you know, lockdown. And also, I do want to note that this uh, article that I have pulled up about this uh, refers to his facial surgery as CGI plastic surgery. It's not CGI. It's definitely prosthetics. So uh, good job.
3: Yeah, you fucked that one up bad. Yes. I, I think it would be really funny to go back to, like, you know, a meeting with his PR team on, like, March 10th. And he's like, and how many times am I going to have to wear this? And they're like, listen, the campaign's only going to go on for a month at most. I would say four times we'll have to, you know, spend a couple hours doing this makeup. And then the rest of the year you'll be touring. You'll never have to do it again. And then the pandemic hits and he's like, Oh no because they're like you got to do it every
1: month. I'm <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> also CGI what would you say CGI plastic surgery was that the, was that yeah. the, that, that yeah. just doesn't make any sense because it's yeah, not does that
2: just mean like Snapchat filters? That's, that's what Is I was that,
1: thinking. It sounds like it's a fucking face filter because that's the see, you...
2: I'm obviously pulling from a blog spot here guys. <laughs> <laughs> and that's fine. That it's sentence just like, is
1: just confusing. Yeah,
3: I'm sorry. Or yeah, maybe he's premiering some new technology where you can have real life CGI.
2: Mm. Well, here, let me let, let's get out of this blog spot. Let's get off of this Zanga page, and I will take us to probably one of the most reputable sources we have ever had on this podcast. I don't think I've ever pulled up oh. a an article from the New York Times on this podcast, but here I go. And because of this, it is probably the most boring uh, headline that I have for this episode. <laughs> and it is, uh, the IRS has said that uh, Prince's estate is worth twice what the original administrators reported. So... I e the federal government is seeking nearly thirty mi- thirty nine million dollars in taxes and fees based on the uh, valuation of Prince's assets uh, that his uh, estate is disputing. So, uh, y'all really fucked up. I, I, I just like I I don't know how that kind of happened, but um I think we do know why. It's
0: because they hyped up that they have like a hundred years of recordings for things that he never released that they can come out with now. So that's worth a lot of money then, isn't it? Oh, do you think Adam that they might've reappraised it
3: based on that knowledge?
0: Yeah. I I think that has to be part of it at least, or at least made them go, huh, how much other stuff is there that nobody knows about?
2: Yeah. It's just crazy. Well, and so he's been dead for about five years now and it's just like, it, And it's looking like, I I don't know how these things work, you know, these estates, these huge estates like this, and who is responsible for, you know, evaluating these assets, whether it is the IRS, which I doubt it is. I'm sure it's up to the estate, and then the IRS, you know, will say, okay, yeah, we agree with that. Um, But it sounds like, you know, they may have purposely uh, under- uh, valued it just to be able to not have to pay the taxes and uh you know they just couldn't keep their mouth shut about what they had that seems pretty
0: likely and then on top of that i don't know if this is the case but i would assume prince's music is still selling pretty well maybe better than people thought it would so that could be a factor as
2: well that's one of those things where i think his first album that came out posthumously is a lot of people argue one of his best works and it's just a shame that he wasn't alive for it to be out. So uh, it's way too early to say, uh, but I don't think we're necessarily at Marvin Gaye estate level yet, but there is definitely, I mean, an article being out like this definitely ports points towards, Oh no, they're going to get greedy.
0: There's potential. Yeah
2: and i don't know what his lineage looks like if that's going to be there's going to be this huge like fight between people who say oh well i'm his daughter i'm his son um you know his aunt that kind of stuff i mean
3: uh, you know as a as a joke but there's also possibly truth to it who knows how many kids prince actually has it's
2: a good point there you it's go a good point god damn it 2016 you took another one
3: david bowie died that same year right
2: and Leonard Cohen and, and Lou
3: Reed. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I remember
1: that was the that was the, the other year. That was, year. A bad that, was start to the year. that was the other year where bad stuff happened and then twenty seventeen was supposed to be better. Remember that? You guys remember how <laughs> everything was supposed to get better? <laughs> Fuck. Hagan,
2: take a drink of your monster. Okay. I think you need it. I got
1: sent I got sent a post total sidebar, I got sent a post uh, from somebody that was like a, a a TikTok where someone was talking about how uh, monster it's cool if you like monster but monster is actually emo goth culture so every time you post a picture or or post a video of you drinking it you're stealing our aesthetic and appropriating our culture
2: (laughs) get fucked get fucked get fucked get fucked fucked. fucked. (laughs) Well, let's veer back into uh, more boring territory. Uh, Nicki Minaj is set to pay Tracy Chapman $450,000 in copyright infringement. uh, It's a settlement for their lawsuit. I don't know if everyone knows this, but essentially what happened, Tracy Chapman is on this list. uh, There's this kind of unwritten list, but people just know about it in the industry of a do not sample list. And these are artists that pretty much have said, I don't really care what you bring to me. I will not let you sample my music. And Tracy Chapman is on that list.
3: I'll bet you Garth Brooks is on that list too.
2: I wouldn't be shocked. But it is this list that, as I said, unspoken, but just people in the industry know about it. And Nicki Minaj was working on a song called Baby Can I Hold You? And she basically, she used, uh, sorry, Got that backwards. Baby Can I Hold You is the Tracy Chapman song. And uh, Nicki Minaj sampled that on her song Sorry. And when she was finished with it, the way I understand this is she went to Tracy Chapman and said, hey, here's this song I used uh, your song on and uh, I would like to uh, get the rights to it. And Tracy Chapman said, no, you cannot do that. I told, like, that's, I'm not on, I'm on that list. And so... Basically what happened and this uh, veers towards that kind of territory of conspiracy theories is uh, then the song, sorry, the Nicki Minaj song was leaked somehow and it was out in the world. But guess what? People basically have deduced that, Oh, Nicki Minaj basically gave it to the person who leaked it and said, Hey, I can't release this song because of this. Can you put it out in the world? And that'll maybe give me, give me the leverage. But Tracy Chapman didn't back down, and they've been in a lawsuit, and this four hundred and fifty thousand dollar settlement has been reached, and that includes attorneys uh, and blah 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 fees. So four four hundred and
3: fifty thousand.
1: Correct. Yeah, that's that's wow. uh that's that's a lot of money, but also that could have been a lot worse. That could be a lot more money, pretty pretty easily.
3: Yeah, that, but that's yeah. still an, that's an expensive song.
2: <laughs> yeah, and I don't see Tracy Chapman as the type. To really be like, I'm trying to screw Nicki Minaj out of money, but also I have to make the point that I am on this list for a reason. I don't want my music used for anything that I don't want it to be used, and I have to make a point. So, you know, I'm glad it worked out in Tracy Chapman's favor, if that is you know truly the case. It's just another one of the long lists.
3: She's well within her rights. The thing I, the question I have is like, is it worth it? I mean. We see instances of like, ocean spray and some guy on a skateboard catapulting Fleetwood Mac into the top of the charts. So you know what's the last big Tracy Chapman hit that that was on the the charts? Maybe if Nicki Minaj released that song and they were in agreement, she could stand to make more money than more than four hundred and fifty thousand dollars in royalties.
1: Yeah, I think it's such a weird thing because like the the whole concept of like especially with the internet that we we just don't have the laws in place to, to actually like to set that up correctly because there are some people who have sued people on tiktok for using their songs so like fleetwood mac in some way could have been their right to sue that guy and being like hey you used our song without, without our permission and you know now you owe us whatever money you've made off of you know your sudden fame from tiktok or whatever but it, right. it, it it like you said, I mean, it's like is it like is that worth it? You know, like what what where's the line? You know, what's what's the, what's the whole what like what's the what's the situation that this actually is a problem when someone is like actually taking money from an artist or is just like making content on the internet, you know?
2: Yeah, and I, I think it's just it's one of those things where I understand where Tracy Chapman is coming from and that's why, you know, I'm like good for her that, you know, she got the settlement that she uh, was entitled to, but then also I'm on Dave's side here where it's just like, hey, this could have opened up, you know, a new set of fans for Tracy Chapman because she's been around since the 80s, I think. I think that's when she, you know, got big. Um. So, yeah, I mean, it, I do think it's that kind of, and not all of these acts are this way, but it's that kind of legacy act mentality of like, well, you should be buying records and stuff like that. And it's like, yeah, I agree with you people should be buying records, people should be going to concerts, blah blah blah, but they don't, and you can't live in your uh, idealistic world forever if you want to you know, actually push forward as an artist instead of just coasting on fast car.
3: Yeah, right. That That's why I mentioned Garth Brooks before because you can't find his music anywhere except for I think, I think he streams all of his stuff from Amazon, and I'm sure he made a pretty good deal with Amazon for that. There's none of his music is on Spotify, I don't know if it's on Apple Music, but like he keeps a he keeps all of his stuff really tight. So maybe they stand to make more money doing that because, you know, you, you really want to get the stuff, you gotta pay for it.
0: I think you can, but you have to be a big enough name at that point to make that work. And that isn't the case for most people. I mean you have to be one of the biggest names in music to be able to get a big deal where Amazon cares because they might just otherwise go, well, tough, you can wait like we'll wait around till you change your mind and then we'll put you on the service.
2: I think the last two holdouts were the biggest one was the Beatles and I remember when they got put on Apple Music and they got put everywhere and that was insane. No, I remember that.
0: cuz cool. I worked at the Apple store and we heard the Beatles for fucking 6 months straight. <laughs>
2: so Adam, do you know if they had did
3: they
0: have exclusive rights to the Beatles music for a certain number of years because it was a while before they ended up on Spotify. It was a couple years and it was also during like iTunes was still a thing. So it was before Apple got into streaming anyway. So that might have been part of the deal was where the only place you can buy it or stream it if you watch a streaming service.
3: And that the whole marketing scheme where they use the Apple Recording Studio logo and like that was brilliant.
2: That's what I was going to say. Yeah. But then uh, the other holdout, uh, the biggest one uh, after the Beatles was Tool when they got put on uh, streaming platforms. I remember people freaking out about that yeah i mean that's that's and, like
1: that's like a it's a, that's the last holdout that like
2: happened but that's just them being like the douchebags they are well it sounds like it's this day crescendo of like well the biggest one was the beatles who is like arguably one yeah, of the right. biggest if not the biggest band of all time and then we got tool which is huge tool is a huge band and then well, it sounds like dave has uh picked up on his, his radar of the next one is garth brooks which uh I, I don't see any of my friends giving a shit about.
3: <laughs> I mean, he's he's a great songwriter. I'll give him that. But boy, is he
0: a douchebag. He's got his head yeah. so far up his ass. He hasn't seen the sun in years. I mean, you kind of have to, though, to be in that position of, I don't want people to listen to my music. Yeah. But if you it, like, if you want to see how big of a douche he is, watch the documentary that Netflix
3: released or just go on his Instagram or wherever he does social media and watch him talk about shows that he's about to play. He's the most out of touch person. It's unbelievable.
2: Mm. I'll have to do that. So our next uh, item to talk about is uh, Lindsey Buckingham of Fleetwood Mac fame has joined the long list of musicians who have sold their musician or sold their uh, publishing rights to their music. So he has sold one hundred percent of his released material and fifty percent of his unreleased material. And when I say fifty percent of his unreleased, that means stuff that he has recorded and written right now. So if he was to record and write a song tonight, that is not sold. Um, and that deal was for $325 million. And so I thought, okay, that would be end of that topic, and then we would move on. But then right after I wrote that, Neil Young also sold rights to half of his catalog for 150 million dollars so it just it, it seems like what this is this regular thing that's happening i don't know if it's 2020 or you know the pandemic sorry um or if it's just you know this is the natural evolution of things for these types of artists it's just more and more you're seeing it and i don't know what i think about it
3: it they could be seeing you know these Lindsay Buckingham and and Neil Young could be seeing other artists do it and go, you know, I mean, I'm not making anything from hardly anything comparatively to what they're used to making from royalties. And they're not getting any younger. We've said that. We said that with Bob Dylan. So they might as well sell it if they can get $100 million for their work. I mean, I'm sure we wouldn't judge painters who do that at the end of their careers and want to retire a little bit that, you know, I don't think I honestly, I can't see Neil Young ever retiring.
2: Yeah, So here's the thing that I've always admired about Paul McCartney. And I think this kind of attitude that we're seeing of people selling for these large sums that will get them through the rest of their life and then some, um, I think it's going to afford them the same mentality. But I really respect this of Paul McCartney that, you know, Paul McCartney doesn't need to play live shows. You know, the reason why Paul McCartney plays a live show or even goes on a tour is because he wants to be up there. So if this affords Bob Dylan, Neil Young, Lindsey Buckingham, you know, so on and so forth, if it affords them the ability to actually play music for the rest of their life because they want to instead of because I need to pay my mortgage, fuck yeah. I mean... And if it gives us less Marvin Gaye estates, hell yeah, I'm all for it. Yeah, for yeah sure. I think I
3: think we talked about David Crosby wanting to sell his discography too. It's like someone like David Crosby actively needs to sell it to be able to make it through the rest of his life. I think he has like, uh, maybe it's diabetes or something where he really is kind of struggling. He kind of has to tour. Uh,
2: there was a really good documentary I saw like a year or two ago. And he basically, you can only have, I think, five stents in your heart before it's like, okay, we, we can't do any, add any more stints, and he has the most, he has all five stints, and then he also has severe diabetes, and like, yeah, and he also, in that documentary, says, I have to tour to pay my mortgage and my bills. I love doing it, but I have to, but there's also that mindset of, I have so much health issues that sometimes I go out on tour, and there's this thought that this is the last time I'm gonna see my wife, and I'm, it's just heart-wrenching to hear that, so it, you know, if he's able to sell it and get through the rest of his life comfortably, I'm all for it. I mean, yeah. that, it it just goes down to the, the, the last thought I have on it, uh, not wrapping it up, but all I, the last thing I have to say is that musicians should get paid. And if this is the way they get paid, then so
1: be it. Well, I, I was going to say, do you guys know where they're selling the rights to? I was it's
0: about to say for everyone the, well, the ones that you just mentioned are to the same company. Really? Um, which was founded in 2018, so that might be part of the reason this is a more recent thing that's happening. What is that company? Hypnosis Songs Fund. Okay. It's got to
3: be some sort of hedge fund thing.
0: No, it's co-founded by two like producers who oh, wow. realized that they can... They're, it's founded on the idea that hit songs are going to endure through you know, any economic cycle. They're always going to be hit songs, so those are assets that will always produce money.
1: Yeah, I would also imagine that to just to just to like cycle it back to to other stuff like with sampling and stuff like that if the right if the right people own the rights to the songs then we, we then we eliminate all of these potential lawsuits and issues right because like with 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 sampling lawsuits with music copyright lawsuits with like content creation lawsuits the 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 laws are not ready for what's happening but if the right people have the rights to it then they can set up the way that this can work and they can set precedents so like these kinds of things ha- happen less or not at all cuz the laws aren't going to catch up anytime soon. It's just not going to happen.
0: Yeah, really the only downside is the idea that a couple companies could own like quote unquote every hit song right. at some point in the future, which is not great, but also someone's going to own them. So it's yeah. better that someone who owns them and wants to make money on them versus putting them in a vault and closing the door. Yeah,
3: exactly. I, yeah, I would wonder uh what kind of a chain reaction that will have on let's say if Fleetwood Mac uh if they go out on a tour and they can't play any of Lindsay's songs, you know, I wonder what that's gonna look like. Or Man, let's say, he
2: seems like the type of guy who would put that in the clause. He's like, yep. I will take a ten million dollar pay cut if you don't let those fuckers use my songs playing a show.
3: And then he gets the last laugh. It's such a weird thing.
2: Yeah, I mean I think
1: I mean I guess I guess that's that's all contract based, but I would imagine that the whole again, the whole goal is to like because we talked about this before we we are hearing like a lot more pops like like older pop songs like in indie movies and in commercials and stuff like that Mm -hmm. so i would imagine that something like this will just continue that precedent and just keep putting these things in in more of the public like domain even though it's not public domain but you know like i mean how many times how many stories can you read about somebody going to like Oh, I want to use this song. And it's like, oh, it's, you know, we, we need $100,000 for the song for you to use it for like, you know, 20 seconds in your commercial or your TV show. It's like, well, that's not fucking yeah. worth it. You know, that's.
0: Or or it's a band who says, we won't let you do that. Right. Like, we don't want to be in movies. We don't want to be in commercials. And there, so. there
1: is something to be said about how that's like, that's totally fair. And you can set that up. And, you know, I'm sure whoever you sell it to, I'm sure you can set that up in the contract, whoever you sell it to. Like, hey, th- we, this can be in. Um, movies that we approve of still uh, but you know we don't want it in commercials you know I'm sure those sorts of things can be set but it is is interesting to see music potentially be more put in public domain I like that uh, to, to backtrack for just one second about uh, Carth Brooks, I found this thing where he commented about why he chose Amazon over Spotify and Apple Music. So the main reason was because Amazon offered the full package. So they offered streaming, album don- downloads, and physical CDs. So I imagine the physical CDs was a pretty big thing for him because I, I think a lot of his fans still buy physical CDs. Uh, yeah, but, that's his demographic. Right. But his quote his quote about the Spotify CEO is he's a good guy that understands music. And the quote about Apple Music's team was I'm never gonna change to fit their rules. Both seem a little weird to me. I think that
2: sounds like it'd probably be opposite, right?
3: I, I'm telling you, he's such a douchebag. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, speaking of douchebags, did you guys hear that Kim and Kanye might get divorced? They are getting divorced. Oh fuck yeah. yeah. Well that's the end of that topic. You don't want to talk about <laughs> moving you don't on. Want to talk, you don't want to talk
1: about the tea? You don't want to talk about the tea?
2: <laughs> I mean, I put it in there. I you guys I set it up, whether or not it, you know, goes for a, a hoop. I don't give a Listen, shit.
1: Listen, like the, the, the thing is is that for those who don't know, there's a rumor started that Kanye was uh hooking up with booty guru Jeffrey Star. Jeffrey <laughs> Starr. <laughs> yeah. Um, so here's, here's like the, aside from that, just being like a comical thing in the first place. Um, the, the kicker is that the TikToker who started that rumor, uh, then immediately got sued by Kim Kardashian, like in, like like the next day. And she posted a TikTok of her at like a, at a, at a store, like a fancy clothes store. And she was like, well, so apparently because of my TikTok, I'm now getting sued by Kim Kardashian. So now i got to buy all these clothes for court. Thanks for giving me another excuse to go shopping, Kim.
3: Oh, God. <laughs> <sighs> Kanye. <laughs> Should have never went on Rogan. I wonder if that was the straw that broke the camel's back all the prayer pauses on Joe Rogan. Kim was like, "You know what? I can deal with running for presidency and doing all those crazy campaign things and uh just all that, the stuff that, that, that I put up hard. with. But I can't handle him praying on live on live TV."
1: No, I bet I bet that was the moment where she was like, "Finally, everyone gets to see what I deal with at home all the time." Could you imagine <laughs> just being like, "Will you for once just put the dishes away and he just stops to pray?" <laughs> <laughs> Not like either of them put dishes away, but just a hypothetical. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's some Michael Scott level shit. I'm going to start trying to do that anytime somebody tries to get me to do something at work. That I'm just like, I think I can wait this out. I'm going to be like, sorry, I'm praying right now. <laughs> Give me a moment. Man. Ah, well, that's all I have to say about that. That was a great discussion. Uh, I will move on into uh, my last... Uh, my the the lower, the dimmer stories of this uh, episode. Um, Dr. Dre, rap legend, we all know him from NWA and uh, Beats, which I'm wearing a pair of right now. Uh, He has suffered an aneurysm and was placed in uh, ICU uh, and is still there right now. Uh, Whenever I was pulling up these articles to make sure I had most up-to-date info, I... Couldn't find anything on this. And then I refreshed and it said, Dr. Dre, still in ICU a week after brain aneurysm. He has, uh, he is lucid uh, and has tweeted out and to his fans saying, you know, he's recovering and feels that he'll be home soon. That was, of course, a week ago. But, you know, sad news to hear uh, people in pain, whether yeah. or not you like the yeah. man. Uh,
3: brain aneurysms are no joke.
0: One other bad part about this no matter how you feel about him, is that his house was targeted as part of a like robbery attempt while he Seriously? was wow. in the hospital. After it was reported, some people showed up and that tried sucks. to steal like any kind of memorabilia, anything like that, from his house.
3: I think also, if I read correctly, I think he's going through a divorce as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: and he just agreed to pay, like this week has agreed to pay the $2 million in temporary spousal support to his now wife but soon to be ex-wife so like he's really not having a good time right now the guy is like a mega mogul even outside of just the music world the what he's gotten through his own like his branding dude. set but you know it still sucks that like you know they're whenever you're going through a hard time actually health-wise to also get dumped on emotionally wise that Damn, that sucks. that sucks. That sucks for anybody. Sucks so hard. He's he's, the other, he's, yeah.
1: he's been through some shit too. Like he's he's seriously, his life is like, it, it it's insane how much stuff he's gone through. So yeah,
3: it's he's earned yeah. he's earned every penny he has. I would say. Yeah. The other thing too is to think about is a lot of people are upset about the fact that he was able to get. Uh, so the whole thing with aneurysms is that you have to get to the hospital as fast as possible if there's any chance of surviving. And with the pandemic happening and his uh, economic status, he was able to get in to the best doctors in the world that can help him survive this. But the the darker side of it is that that's good for him, but a lot of people don't don't have that luxury because they can't. A lot of hospitals don't even have vacant beds for patients to make it in. And unfortunately, a lot of people would just pass away.
2: So yeah, yeah it's- it, one thing to say about that is, so he is in LA and LA is like a hotspot right now. And I don't know the actual statistics, so I'm not going to quote them because I don't want to, you know, say something wrong here, but there, there have, I have seen that, uh, there's a really long, like ridiculously long waits for, uh, um, you know, ER help uh, actually in the hospitals, but then also getting an ambulance to your house, like hour-long waits, that kind of stuff that you're hearing. So, yeah, I'm not shocked that people are upset about people.
1: That, so. People should be upset about it, but they, they if anybody has any animosity towards Dr. Dre, then that's the wrong placement because unfortunately, it's not his fault. You know, I mean,
2: it's not yeah it's, for this. It's not
0: yeah. The system has been like that for like, decades at this point.
2: Yeah, it, it happens a lot. Well, also
0: the the argument could be that if if
3: people were taking better care of themselves during COVID and not you know if they were following the stay at home orders and wearing right. masks, then we wouldn't be talking about this.
2: Yeah, I mean, if yeah, any- I mean, like statistically, what we know about this virus, like let's say a seventy four year old uh, overweight white man should have died from it. Uh, and should not have uh, lived through it. And let's say his lawyer as well, because uh, I assume this man probably has a lawyer. That guy probably should have also died, but you know didn't because I guess they had enough money, or maybe they were the president or something like that. Uh, they were able to get really good uh, care that uh, not everyone else is able to get. That's like a they, that's like
1: a really it. crazy hypothetical. That's like a really that's a wild it would be crazy if something like that happened. That would be absolutely insane. Yeah. That would
3: be, especially if in this hypothetical scenario, the, the crazy overweight guy, you know, barely paid any taxes. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, last, uh, bit of, uh, uh, bad news for you guys. Uh, Dave's death corner is canceled for this year. Uh, and, I'm taking it on. Uh, Dave did not die in his corner, but, uh, Jackson, I guess, is taking over the Dangled In for this uh, week at least. (laughs) Um, So, we did have uh, two musicians uh, who passed away uh, over our break. Not really over our break, but we found out about them over the break. So, the first one is uh, rapper's rapper, MF Doom, who died at 49. He died, uh, according to his wife, on October 31st. And I don't think it was announced until like December 31st, which is just crazy. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, you're not required to say or announce those kinds of things. But uh, very sad to hear. If you don't know MF Doom, if you ever uh, listened or watched Aqua Teen Hunger Force, you have listened to MF Doom. He is just one of those guys who, as I said, he is a rapper's rapper. He, it's just like if you like Tyler the Creator, if you like any of that kind of rap, They were influenced by him, and I would strongly suggest going and listening to him. I mean, it's just, it's super sad to hear that he passed away. Uh, There hasn't really been any official uh, announcement of how he died, but uh, he was 49 years old, so definitely way too young. Uh, So the second musician that died was a little closer to me, uh, was Alexi Leho, uh, the singer and lead guitarist of Children of Bodom, which is a Finnish uh, I guess death metal, uh, you know, metal, just metal in general. But, um, he was 41. Also, they have not really, they've been kind of cagey about the details, uh, and just basically said that he had, uh, you know, uh, health complications, uh, reoccurring health complications, I think is the word they use. But uh, really sad to hear that. Uh, Children of Bodom was one of those formative metal bands for me that uh, my friend Keaton showed me to. Uh, showed them to me in like uh, elementary school. And I was just like head over heels for them. Uh, very much like the mega death of my age because uh, their singer, is, uh, Alexi Leho, was one of those guys who was like, he shredded, but he was also doing the lead vocals. Uh, but I would argue he was a better singer than Dave Mustaine. Um,
3: incredible vocal range too
2: yeah yeah so really really sad about both of those but uh alexi Leho is definitely the one that i was i, I was really shocked to read that like, oh shit it seemed like it was out of
1: nowhere that was definitely that was a that was like a that was a very much out of nowhere thing to read and and uh yeah i mean it got me thinking a lot about children of Bodom and and their impact and influence that they had on on our generation specifically um, I I think most most guitar players that I'm that I'm friends with had some point in time where they were really into Alexi Laiho and Children of Bodom. Uh, I I'll yeah, I'll never they were so fucking good. Yeah, you can. There's a lot of great. There's so I mean like if 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 you you want to just listen to anything that they do, there's a great video they did this all the time live where him and the keyboard player would do like solo duels and for like a like you know a 14 15 year old kid who's like super is just now getting into metal and guitar it's like the most epic thing you're ever gonna watch it's so it's so fucking cool and it was it was a total total shock and very sad to see that happen
2: that's so young. yeah so rest in peace to both mf doom and alexi lejo um you know thanks for the years of music both of you and uh, I got one more piece of news uh, to wrap up this episode is that uh, the Grammys, you guys know the Grammys, I know the Grammys, we all, we all have Grammys. Um, Grammys have been postponed to March of this year. They were supposed to be at the end of uh, January. Hagen's <laughs> holding up his Grammy right now, he had to go uh, pull it off the top of his toilet seat. <laughs> but the Grammys have been postponed to March of this year they were originally supposed to be happening at the uh, end of January January 31st so yes very much the end <laughs> I mean, of January like, I mean
1: like wh- what the fuck kind of postpone is that that's like that's like, that's the lamest kind of postpone in the in the entire
2: world it's like cuz it's it, it, also it, lame because of why they're doing it that that lame length is what i assume you're referring yes. to uh they are postponing it because LA as mentioned before is a huge hotspot right now for, you know, the pandemic. So that is why they're postponing it. And there's no way that's going to not be an issue in March. Specifically,
0: they're doing it because they can't record any performances right now either. Right. Because Hollywood has had to shut down effectively. And I don't see how that makes sense, though. They (laughs) should probably just postpone it until later, later in the year. And maybe they'll have a chance to do something live at that point. Who knows? Like, probably not. But... Yeah, until like the late fall. March doesn't seem like it does anything yeah. other than gives them four weeks to complete all of their shooting.
1: I mean, unless unless somehow the Grammys is able to like overstep like the the the, the CDC's phases for the vaccine and is like, all right, if you're gonna be performing or at the Grammys, you get the vaccine now so you can be ready to go and be there by March. I wouldn't be surprised granted,
3: if some shit
0: like that happened. Yeah, granted, this is America, so I would not be shocked by that. Yeah, so because the other thing too is like
3: this pandemic has been hard on people that like people like us, but like I would say venture to say a lot of celebrities, uh, they've still been able to take vacate. We saw it, pictures of Kim Kardashian's birthday where they were able to rent a private island and get everybody tested and hang out there. It's like they're on a different level. These people in Hollywood that, w- that want to participate in the Grammys. They can afford to, like, you know, go to fly to Spain and get the vaccine or something like that. Yeah. yeah.
0: Granted, the only like upside to them delaying this and actually filming these things is that the crew who would work on those will get paid for it, which is good because they haven't had a lot of work the last year. That's very true. That's very
1: true.
2: Yeah, and to reiterate what Dave was saying, I mean, Pitchfork has this really good article. I'm halfway through reading it. I haven't finished it yet, so I won't quote it. But there's this really good article that they released saying, like, why are so many of these pop stars trying to seem like working-class heroes now? Whereas prior to this, you know, your Justin Bieber's, your Drake's were very much writing these songs about being like, oh, this is the high life, life is great. And now there has been this stark uh like just kind of like handbrake turn to like oh shit we have to like start appealing to these people because we can't release songs that say life is great in june of 2020 so right. uh, there, there's definitely a change in that of some people realizing oh i can't be that way kim kardashian is not going to be affected no. uh whether or not she changes that so that makes sense but there there are some you're starting to see these uh you know, pop stars do things like that, which is interesting to see. It's good that they're not, uh, just being stagnant and not giving people what they want to hear because, you know, at the end, everyone's going to suffer for that. So, um, we were talking about maybe talking about award shows this week, but I think we've had plenty to talk about. Maybe we'll push that to next week and just kind of wrap up our news topic right there. But, uh, Grammys, um, I think this will probably be the first year that I'll actually maybe watch you just because I think I should for the show, and I don't know why I haven't in years prior. So I'm so sad to hear that you're postponed till March. Oh, I, I, did that sound genuine? Yes. No.
1: Yeah, that was great. I, I think that all <laughs> the people who are part of the Grammys committee for best podcast, which we're nominated for, is listening, and they love it. Right? Right? Sick. Do they actually have yeah.
0: a podcast category? Because they have every other category you can imagine. I don't think they do.
2: Yeah. Yep. Well, that that was a good episode. Let's uh you guys want to talk about what we're listening to? What what everybody listened to on their break? Are you guys ready for that? Are you ready yeah, for I'm that? Ready. Are you ready for that? Is your is your? I think I'm ready because I'm not even going to let you intro here your, <laughs> because <laughs> okay. what I'm going to talk about is not even music I've been listening to. Because, yes, i been are you taking all the segments? No, yeah, well, yeah, what he's he, yeah, he's, this is he's, Jackson's
0: show now.
3: He's,
2: he's got to get up, <laughs> crumpling <laughs> it up, throwing it away. This has been 2021's <laughs> opening act. This isn't even the real show, guys. The real show happens next week and then to the end of the year, whatever. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I've been listening to Are You Dead Yet by Children of Bodom, but that doesn't matter. What I've truly been listening to is a video that I sent the group that I only know Dave has watched, and I doubt <laughs> the other two have watched, is Vox did a wonderful video on, and, and here's the thing. When I saw this title, I was like, sure, 30-minute video on this, I'll bite. I got 30 minutes to kill. It's a fucking pandemic. Uh, Vox did a wonderful video on Papa Roach's last resort. <laughs> and yes, haha, ha, very funny, very meme song at this point. Ha ha, hilarious. But I watched it and like 10 minutes in, I'm just sitting there thinking, man, this is so funny that they're talking about Papa Roach's last resort. And then I think it was around the 15 minute mark. I was like, oh shit. These guys are super genuine about this. I was laughing because I was like, I can't believe they're talking like they're saying, like, oh, I, I knew it when I played the piano part like this. Yeah, and showed, like I was just all, like, that's so fucking of all fucking people, laughable. it shows
3: it shows the bass player playing the in the right hand. And then he's playing so boom, 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 boom. <laughs> and it's then, so and funny. then it, it goes like it goes like whew, and the lead singer's like, that's when I knew. It was a big hit. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Jacoby Shadows, who looks like or I don't know if his last name is Shadows, but Jacoby the singer who looks like a fucking slim gym guy yeah, he with does. his hair.
3: Okay, so and So I'm I'm am de- totally derailing your thought process here to say, did you at any point feel like he was being very honestly like genuine?
2: Yeah, no, and that's what I was about to say. About the 15 minute mark, I was like, these guys genuinely feel this. I don't I'm not even laughing anymore. I'm like I'm rooting for them. I genuinely feel these guys like they don't seem like assholes. If you look at Papa Roach, like the guys in the band, if you look at the way that they look and just their tattoos and their whole aesthetic, you'd be like those guys are tools. They fucking drink Bang Energy drinks and play Halo on their Xboxes. What the fuck is but wrong with that? When what you the hear fuck them- is wrong with that? <laughs> what? I'm sorry, I didn't say monster. Oh my god, uh, but- yeah, or PC. But so, uh, you know, and then I listened around the 15 minute mark, about halfway through, I was like, these guys are actually being genuine. And I think these are really likable guys. I was totally stereotyping or, uh, you know, judging a book by its cover. And, you know, by the end of the video, I was just like, you know what? I think I might go listen to this song seriously after this. And then, like, they play the song and he's like, this is my last resort. And I just, like, I laugh my ass off. And, like, you can't, you know. Okay. So, so...
3: The lead singer, while he was... The words he was saying were honest and seemed truthful. They showed the the guy that he wrote the song about. They explained the whole story behind it. My problem with it, even after that precious 15-minute mark, is that when he was talking about it, he still seemed like he was on celebrity rehab with Dr. Drew. It was like he knew there were cameras on him, and he faked some tears. Again, it was the act... The way he looked, his body language... And, like, his emotions seemed uh, forced and fake, but the all the content was true, and you could tell that, you know, he probably felt <laughs> bad about all that stuff that happened.
2: And by the end of the video, I'm sitting there like, oh, man, I feel what he's talking about, and he goes, so when I say cut my life into pieces, this is my last resort. I was like, damn, what the fuck? That's not tongue-in-cheek at all. But then I look at, at, you know, and it sounds like I'm making fun of Papa Roach, which I'm not trying to. It's just very funny that this video came out. There's a half-hour video on this. And then afterwards, I looked it up. That album sold 3 million copies. So, like, who the fuck am I? Like, honestly.
3: Yeah, but I know what you're saying.
2: So that's what I've been listening to. Dave, what have you been listening to? (laughs) I still want to hear Hagen say, hey, listen.
1: No, I think I'm good. I think I'm good. All right. All right. Uh, I've been listening to- Maybe Adam will
2: do
3: it. No, I'm good. Oh, Adam, do the hey, listen. No, no. In your highest pitch voice. Yeah, hey, listen. (laughs) (laughs) He did it. (laughs) Uh, I've been listening to- uh... Dawes. No, well, yes, but an EP by J.E. Sundy, S U N D E, uh, called Nine Songs About Love. It's really good. It came out um, in November of 2020. And Rufus Wainwright's new record, Unfollow the Rules, is also really good. And that's all. And Papa
0: Roach, I guess, because I I was the only other person (laughs) that watched that video that Jackson sent. Yeah, in case it wasn't clear, I don't think Hagen or I even thought about watching it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I thought about I thought about it, but I didn't. I knew as soon as I sent it, I sent Dave another thirty-minute uh, video like yesterday, which I was like, "They're not gonna watch this." I'm gonna send Dave why Ska fell a thirty-minute video, and I knew he watched it.
3: After our song exploder uh, thing, I watch everything you send. <laughs>
2: I'm glad that I hooked you off the guilt.
3: But Coming Down the Barrel is a Dawes documentary that I'm going to text you, and I expect you to mention it on the next episode after I no, send it. No, but
1: this is the trade. You're never going to get the trade back. He's going to send you shit. He's never going to watch what you send. It's not going to happen.
2: No, that's not true. I, I try, <laughs> un, like, unless it's over 30 minutes, I try to watch everything everyone sends me. That being said, if any of the listeners send me shit, I'm not watching it. I, I, I won't. If do it's it.
3: a if it's a good documentary, f- send all your good documentaries.
2: Uh, but by the way, I'll let you guys talk about what you're gonna. I'm gonna let you guys finish. But uh, I did one <laughs> time send Dave a two-hour Marth documentary. So like, I am a bit of an asshole about sending people shit too. So I, d- I didn't. Hagen, watch that. what are you listening to? Are you sure? No. <laughs> 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 uh, it's good
1: to be back. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have been listening to um, uh, this really great singer named Samia. She's very good. She has uh, a really great album um, called The Baby. Very good. Um, and I also have been listening to um, uh, Mount Joy's album, Rearranged Us, from last year. I thought that I hated Mount Joy, and then I got like one or two songs just stuck in my head for like a week. Uh, and... Now I listen, I listen to the whole album, because I was like, fuck it. I'll just try it. And it's really good. It's really fucking good.
2: I've seen that name. What type of music are they? Indie bullshit. <laughs> that's what I think. A good genre. Anything with mount or mountain in the name has got to be. <laughs> yeah, that.
1: No, I, I, that, that's why I was like kind of adverse to it, because I, what I had heard of them, I didn't really care for, and it was just indie bullshit. And then one of the songs got stuck in my head, and I was like, this is indie bullshit, but it's fucking great. And then I listened to like the first song on the album. And I was like, this is so not what I was expecting. Still indie bullshit. The entire album is basically not what you're expecting indie bullshit. But catchy. It's very cool.
0: Surprising no one. I've been listening to the music from the Pixar movie Soul. <laughs> which had the score done by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross and uh the jazz compositions by John Batiste and those are all oh, wow. artists yeah, I like. Yeah, I was and gonna, that's a
1: crazy great combo. I, I was I was about to say like the the, the stuff I, I remember seeing people post like, Holy shit, I can't believe Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross did this score. I'm like, You're are you th- are you talking about the jazz parts? Because that's not them. Yeah, but it's, it's like it's very clear when it's Trent Rez- when it's Trent Reznor's parts, but it's very clear that they did not do the jazz bits. Well,
0: and for, for i, anyone I haven't who's... seen that movie so don't okay don't. I'm, not, I'm not gonna spoil anything in the movie it's... other than there are basically like two scores for the movie yeah and those are the two parts and it's very interesting how that's done and it's a really crazy good pairing like it works really really well um even on their own both of those like they put out two separate albums for the the movie and those are both great on their own also yeah so i've been listening to that quite a bit actually Um, and then I also started listening to a, uh, list of albums that this guy, who's a designer, Mike Montero, who just got banned from Twitter for calling Jack Dorsey a fuckhead. Um, (laughs) that's all it took. uh, He finally, finally got banned. He's been banned a bunch actually, but side note. But so he put together this thing earlier, uh, last year called 31 perfect records that he put out to, uh, support the USPS and mailed them out for free to people who wanted them. And it's a little list of the albums that he thinks are the best, perfect records. Um, so I'm going to start listening to these this year. And uh, the first two I've listened to, or ones I've listened to already beforehand, are uh, Michael Kiwanaka's self-titled album that I've mentioned sometime last year, and uh, David Bowie's Black Star album, which I had, you know, basically had to listen to yesterday, because that was the anniversary of his death, and that seemed kind of fitting to listen to that before doing the podcast today. So I'm excited to check out all these other albums that I maybe have heard of but haven't listened to, or haven't listened to in a long time, um, throughout the year. So I want that list. I'll put it in the show notes. Nice. nice. No,
2: you gotta fucking buy it. You bitch. actually, it's
0: free. Yeah, you, you can just get one mailed to you. Yeah, Jackson.
2: Ha! Uh, support okay. the post office, well, Jackson. The... Don't be
0: a
3: you know. Don't be a jackhole. Oh yeah. well,
2: yeah. I'm. Adam's all high and mighty because Nick Cave is recording a new album. He's super excited, guys.
0: Nick's in the cave.
3: As
2: if
0: he wasn't gonna record another album.
2: Uh, yeah. Dave, I it, it's
1: it's kind of like a bummer that now you know that John Batiste is a part of Soul. In my opinion, because I was really curious to see if like the moment you watched it, you would be like John Batiste. Because that was my that, I don't know man. That was the yeah, he's the first he's thought a... that I had was like, oh, it's John Batiste probably. Both of
3: those people are like really great musicians but the i might have been able to tell because of the colbert show little intro music that it plays it's just john Batiste playing some crazy long mm-hmm. uh lick it's like it's
1: unbelievable and then it just it cuts off and i'm like what the hell was that he's just he's just he's nuts like he the, the the what the the giveaway was like whenever there's like the piano sections there's some like not just jazz stuff in there and i was like oh well i mean it's not they didn't just like get a like a really great jazz piano player. They got like the best one that's alive right now. One of the best ones that's alive right now, probably.
3: The most popular ones that, yeah, yeah. It, does does he do any singing?
2: Uh, he's on, a great
0: singer too.
1: On the album, yeah, yeah. That's
2: well, right. Adam, I I did mean to ask you. Uh, have you listened to Moniker's Imaginary Friend EP? I
0: did. Also, listen to that after we recorded our last episode, and it sounds good, guys. Good job.
2: Oh, well, if you. you
0: want, Adam, you can hear us play it live uh, this coming Friday on yeah. Facebook and Instagram. Links in the show notes and right here in certain podcast
2: apps. This Friday, January 15th at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, we will be, uh, moniker MNKR will be going live on Facebook and Instagram. So uh, it's free. So. If you can come uh, watch us, come talk to us while we're actually live, that'd be great. But if you want to watch it from your bathtub on Saturday morning, do it then. This is a great opportunity to see us for free, both during and after. It will be there when we're done, so like no excuses. No excuses. Guys. And if you're like,
1: if you're if you're if you're busy for some reason on Friday night, like maybe you just don't feel like watching a live concert, just leave it open on your computer, mute it, give us the view count at least. If you like it on Facebook and Insta- I think I know uh, Insta- There's a like feature on Instagram Live, but if you like it on Facebook, then it helps us like the viewership. It's crazy that that's how their algorithm works. It's weird. So
2: it helps the people who are uh, putting this together for yeah, us, yeah, the yeah. Cove in Arlington, who have like really like. They have scratched our back here uh, putting this together, so uh, thank you to Owen Dakota and everyone over at the Cove for helping with this. Funny but, thing uh, about my you know, back is that I, it's
1: located on my cock.
2: Oh my god. Oh, dude. nice. <laughs> well... <laughs> fuck, I can't even got finish show! Cut the show. I welcome to 2021. I
1: watched bad recently, so... <laughs>
0: Is
2: that how we end it? Oh God! Please no.
0: Nobody listens to the okay. end, right?
2: <laughs> thank you, thank you, everybody, for coming back. Uh, we recharged our batteries. We we spanked our, our our booties. We we loved it. Thank you very much. We're back. It's twenty twenty one. If just you say? have things, what you, did you say? no, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. If you have got if you have things you want to hear, everyone, just email us, uh, text us, uh, message us, whatever. You know, send a carrier pigeon. Um, please we want to hear what you guys want to hear and uh you know we may do it we may not do it this is our show we're back baby
3: no i think we will do we'll just eventually we'll do it
1: yeah yeah you know yeah. don't you know just, just 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 send it we'll look at it and maybe we'll you know we'll think about it because we I sit think,
3: tight we'll do it eventually you know, i'm i'm saying for the four of us we'll do it eventually i
1: think uh, we, we there, there there are plenty of weeks where we sit in the chat just kind of all silent like is that what we want to talk about this week so if you yeah. send us ideas then maybe it'll help us so thank I mean, for the people who have already sent us ideas we're we're thinking about it we're
3: getting around to it we're looking for the right time like a
2: master and, list and, baby it's there yeah. Uh, yeah, and just know if you sent us something that can be construed as a bummer topic, we are still going to do it, but we try to space those out so we're not just talking about people who died every week, Man, I'll, kind just, of thing, I'll just so. do bummer topics by myself. I'd love that. That'd be great. Give me all of them. Uh, thanks. Bummer. Re- <laughs> I hardly even know Hagen.
1: Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, if you haven't already <laughs> pressed the subscribe and follow button, please do that. Uh, you know it's easy. You can just press that quick little button right there. You can follow us and like our stuff on social media, Instagram, Facebook, DFTA pod. DFTA podcast. Podcast. That's it. Nailed it.
2: Please help. I can't get out of this podcast. I think we're stuck. Thanks,
1: everybody, for listening. And fuck off. Give me a trial.
2: Give me the 2022.
3: I almost hit leave on the Zoom It'll call. It'll all be better next
2: year. That was <laughs> oh, a Freudian slip.